I'm Brett Chang. And I'm Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, February 3rd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, yesterday was Groundhog Day, and Wyerton Willie called for an early spring, while Puxitani Phil called for the later spring. What camp are you in? Well, I'm in the camp of, I think it's based on proximity. So whichever groundhog is closest to you, I think has the most accurate prediction for your region. So in my case, I think Wyerton Willie has called it right, and I'm looking forward to an early spring. <laughs> you heard it here first? Spring is almost done almost as soon as we get dumped with the next 10 centimeters of snow. I hope you're right. But we would be remiss to say, Jay, to send our condolences to Milltown ah. Mel, the groundhog who passed away right before it was about to go in retirement. So it's very sad for the groundhog community. And so, yeah, our thoughts and prayers. <laughs> it is very sad. It reminds me of like the meme. You had one job, just live to February 2nd. And uh, that poor groundhog did not. So, so condolences there. Brett, aside from groundhogs, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, Metaverse Mortgage. For our second story, No Hands. And for our third story, Stock Split. For our first story, Vancouver-based TerraZero Technologies has processed one of the first ever Metaverse mortgages, facilitating the transaction for a new landowner in Decentraland, which is a virtual world. Brett, I'm not 100% sure what I just said. Break it down for the Peak Pals. Well, yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of buzzwords in there, that's for sure. Let's start with Decentraland. So Decentraland is like this massively multiplayer online game. It's this entire virtual world that users can explore and talk to other people. It's actually kind of boring. Like it's not much of a game. It's more just you like walking around. If you're familiar with Second Life, it's very similar to that, uh, except they pitch themselves as the virtual destination for digital assets, meaning that in the game, all the stuff you own, whether it's your clothes for your avatar or even the land or estates that you buy, it's all on the blockchain in an NFT format. Yeah, my grade two kid plays this. It's called Roblox. But Terra Zero's Metaverse Mortgage Services offer collateral loans to clients purchasing land in the Metaverse to expedite the development and adoption of the Metaverse. In other words, getting a mortgage in the virtual world works pretty much like it does in the real world. You're like, you need to go to someone to get it. You got to keep your eyes on your credit card statement because next thing you know, your kid's going to be buying a, a mortgage on Roblox. Uh, Robux. Well, one he thing needs lots more Robux. Yeah, exactly. But one thing that's different about TerraZero's metaverse mortgages is that TerraZero remains the owner of the virtual land until the mortgage is paid off. However, clients are entitled to something called deployment rights after they sign the contract, which lets them build on their land, launch events, open digital stores and offices without delay. None of that metaverse bureaucracy, Jay. <laughs> so Jay, well, while this sounds pretty trivial, it does sound pretty trivial. Is there any broader takeaway from the metaverse mortgage market? I think there is. The goal of the metaverse is to be a digital analog to your physical world. So following that logic, anything that we value in the physical world, we should also value in the metaverse, including property. If you buy into all of this, digital mortgages like the ones sold by TerraZero could be all in our futures. Well, cheaper than a Toronto mortgage, that's for sure. For our second story, self-driving car company Cruise is gearing up to launch a fully self-driving robo-taxi service to the public in San Francisco. Jay, what's Cruise? Well, Cruise is controlled by automaker GM through a majority ownership stake. They opened their waitlist for the service yesterday, and it's expected that it will be available to the public later this year. It's a pretty good deal, too. The rides will be free to start, but Cruise has already applied to the California Public Utilities Commission for a license to operate a commercial robo-taxi service that you'll have to pay for. 
Now, Cruise will be the first company to offer fully self-driving, without a safety driver behind the wheel, rides to the public in San Francisco. Waymo, Alphabet's self-driving car subsidy, has offered a commercial robo-taxi service in Phoenix, Arizona since 2020. San Francisco, however, is a tougher environment for self-driving vehicles due to its, I will call, I've lived there, uneven terrain, winding roads, hills, and inclement weather, notably rain and fog. And the announcement also triggers an influx of $1.35 billion for one of Cruise's largest investors, the SoftBank Vision Fund. So, Brett, big picture, why does Cruise's robo-taxi rollout really matter? These can't come soon enough. I've got a G2 test on February 23rd, and I'm very nervous about it. But a successful rollout of robo-taxis in San Francisco would be good news for those of us looking forward to hailing our own self-driving cab like myself. Now, the city, San Francisco's wet and foggy conditions are tougher for self-driving technology and a closer approximation to what they would face in Canadian winters. For our last story, Alphabet is reducing the price of its shares to make investing in the company more accessible. The move is called a stock split, and in this case, will increase the company's shares by a multiple of 20. Brett, for the less financially savvy, walk the peak pals through what a stock split is. Yeah, so when a company's share price skyrockets past others in their sector, a stock split can attract new investors. In today's world, that includes those who have flocked to the markets during the pandemic. In Alphabet's case, the 20 for 1 split will decrease the market price of individual shares from just under $3,000 as of yesterday's close to 138 bucks. But the total market value of the company and of existing investments will remain the same. The idea is that a lower share price will make it easier for retail investors like you and I, Brett, to get in. But on the other hand, ETFs, commission-free trading, and brokerages offering fractional shares have already made it shockingly simple to get a piece of these high-ticket companies without the high-ticket price tag. But when it comes to the stock splits, it's not so much about accessibility as it is about a price tag making people feel like the stocks are inaccessible. Since much of investing is driven by human psychology, as I think we all know, the idea of buying a full share is more attractive to retail investors. And it's hard to argue against that because it seems to work. Alphabet shares <laughs> rose by 10% yesterday in response to the news and are set to surpass their total record high of $3,031 American. So Jay, what's the big deal behind the Alphabet stock split? So while the stock split will grab most of the headlines, it's Alphabet's jaw-dropping earnings that should really be in the spotlight. Believe it or not, Alphabet did $200 billion in annual revenue for the first time, with YouTube accounting for $8.63 billion of that. This is, these are huge numbers, Brett, and it's really, it's really wild stuff. We got to get the podcast on YouTube, Jay. Every day before we record, I say, <laughs> Brett, we should get the podcast on YouTube. So I don't, we're not making any announcements right now, but I think people would like a sneak peek into what we do. All I want is at least a billion. Is that too much to ask? No. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to. And only. Daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. As always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, right now I'm going to go over and reserve YouTube slash Peak Daily. I already got it. <laughs> good on you. Have a good day, Brett. You too, Jay.